So, Ilwa and Mal are back again with another episode of Doom Scrolling. We do the Doom Scrolling so you don't have to. This episode we'll be talking about Dr. Roxy, no relation to Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown, and Quan Mills, the urban street writer with some provocative titles. Provocative? (laughs) (laughs) But first I think we're going to hit you with some news. So sit back, relax, because you know we're pandering. And we're back. Hello. This is episode three. three. Oh, man. We've made it. We got three episodes down. We're on our way. That's like almost a month. Where uh, This episode will be, what, uh, three quarters of a month down. I feel like this mic is like touching my chin and I don't like <laughs> it. You can clip it to your clothes. You don't have to clip it to your, uh, your collar. Up like a little it. bit. I'm sorry, guys. I'm having some technical difficulties here. Yeah, we're using a new mic setup, so hopefully it doesn't make this episode sound all wonky. But I, I hope not, but hey, you know these last couple of episodes have just been us like trying like different things to see what sticks. That's it. Like pasta to on the wall. The wall. Mm-hmm. To the window. <laughs> to the wall! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, I guess we're going to start this off with, like, we're going to try to keep this brief. Don't, like, this segment brief. This is the news. We always like to start off with a little bit of what's with happening With a little in the world. bit of news. Yeah. What's so, the tea? Exactly. I know we can't say, like, you know, like, spill the tea, sis, because yeah. it's like somebody else's, like, tag or stuff like that. But, but tea is definitely a, a colloquial. Mm, look at me, can't even pronounce the word colloquialism see yeah. i'll run into a new word yeah not a new word hard word for me yeah but uh a saying that is commonly used <laughs> most people know like when you say like oh like girl i've got some tea it's and they're like, oh yeah so <laughs> so <laughs> to go on with the the news mm-hmm, the news we need like our own like news theme like 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 a doom a doom metal news news intro intro that'd be like really cool to do like in that um i have to ask your brother yeah kind of like in that that one kiss song that we were listening to um what was it um black diamond i think because they were like Because whenever they drop it, they go, yeah, oh yeah, it's just such a that's such a weird riff to me because it's like I don't know how they're achieving that, but it's like dropping it way out of tune. It's so good. I don't know. that's a good song. I love it. But uh, yeah, so we're here. We're doing the. uh, We're gonna we're gonna run down some news. We only got like really two things. One I just kind of want to touch on. I want to bring awareness to the Last Prisoner Project. But one has been popping off lately. What about the old uh, country artist, Jason Aldean? Oh, God. Yeah. Jason Aldean. You got to say it like that. You got to give it a little bit of country twine. Aldean. Jason Aldean. Oh, man. All right. We'll get accused of not living in a small town or something. Oh, God. Talk. 
<laughs> Try that in a small town. Is that what it's called? That yeah, song? That's... Look, I've listened to that song twice now at this point. Still don't remember the song. It's a bad song. It's not very creative or anything. But Jason Aldean has come under fire recently. Again? Again, technically, because there was some backlash earlier this year when the song released. But now it's getting backlash because the music video dropped. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. And it's brought it to a lot of people's attention, but it's uh, the song, uh, Try That in a Small Town. And to, and whenever I heard about this, I heard about it on TikTok. I'm not a really big Jason Aldean fan. I don't really listen to Jason Aldean. Listen, when I say that I listen to country music, I'm not talking... I listen to uh, stadium country. Yeah, I'm not listening to no Luke Bryan and his <laughs> what is it? Country girl, <coughs> shake it. For, I don't do that. With that honky tonk, the donka donk. I kind of like that song. We all like that song. <laughs> that's our guilty. Like that. ple- that's our guilty pleasure. But like, when I think of country music, I'm not like really. Jason Aldean is not the picture that I see yeah. in country. It's like pop I understand country. that he is a country artist, but it's a different genre of country. It's a uh, it's stadium country, pop country. And I know that we're getting kind of like off yeah. the trail here, but the I heard about this song on TikTok. I didn't know that it had already been released. Mm-hmm. You know, months prior. So, all of this, like, stuff coming out about it being, you know, like, there's, like, some racial undertones. Uh, Some people are saying, like, it's referencing to, like, sundown towns Mm. and, you know, lynchings. And um, this um, TikToker, um, she made a video... She's the the main reason why I looked into it, Mm. because she mentioned that it was it had racial undertones and um her tiktok is um destiny stark that's what her like name is on tiktok Mm -hmm. and um she is talking about like his response to the video yeah to the backlash or to the backlash yeah you know and I feel like I'm jumping. Am no. I jumping the gun? No, not really. You're you're uh, you're describing what got you into this story, right? Okay. So it's like, yeah, like uh, she brought awareness. Yeah. To this story, and that's how it got to me. Yeah. You know, that's how I that's how I found out about it, and I'm sure other people have talked about it too. But hers in particular, she kind of went into more detail of why. She mm-hmm. felt it was that way. Yeah. You know? Well, I got a statement right here. You want me to read it? Or do you want to read it? Or? Uh, if, yeah, you can read it. All right. So uh, I'll read out a statement. Like, And this is from Jason Aldean. Yeah. This, this is, is from, his response. This is his response to the backlash. It's like, in the past 24 hours, I have been accused of releasing a pro-lynching song. Uh, a song that has been out since May. And subject to the comparison that I... Direct quote, was not too pleased with the nationwide BLM protest. These references are not only meritless, but dangerous. There is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it, and there isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage, and while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretations of a song with music, 
This one goes too far. As so many pointed out, I was present at Route 91 where so many lost their lives and our community recently suffered another heartbreaking tragedy. No one, including me, wants to continue to see senseless headlines or families ripped apart. Try that in a small town, for me, refers to the feeling of a community that I had growing up where we took care of our neighbors regardless of differences of background or belief because they were our neighbors and that was above any differences. My political views have never been something I've hidden from, and I know that a lot of us in this country don't agree on how we get back to a sense of normalcy, where we go at least a day without a headline that keeps us up at night. But the desire for it too, that's what this song is about. And I will say there is a part of his response that got a lot of attention. And it was him saying that there isn't a single video <clears throat> clip in the music video that isn't real news footage. I want you to keep that in your mind. That he says himself that the video footage in that video mm. is real news footage. Yeah. This creator on TikTok, she did a lot of research. Because she was like, she's like, I know that you're lying, for mm -hmm. one. And that in particular, there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. But this one in particular, pandering, mm -hmm. you know, he's saying that it's real news. Yeah. She found that it, within the first 30 seconds of his music video, that the footage that was used was in a whole other country not mm. even in the u.s of was, a was it germany uh, germany um some of it was stock footage right yeah this this was yeah stock footage that you can purchase mm -hmm. to use um and then there's there's a couple of other clips in there that was also stock footage so not even news they're not news from America, like, they're not American news, mm -hmm. and they're not even in America. It's stock footage. It's yeah. not real. Yeah, and he might have thrown in some footage from Which, America. and I will say, I will say that he probably didn't Yeah, he probably make didn't the make video. the video. Yeah, I, I guarantee he didn't. I guarantee it was a team of people. And, and they the used yeah. those. And, you know, maybe he believes that it's real news. He could possibly do that. This and is... I, I, like I said, I don't agree with Jason Aldean. I'm not like, yeah. you know, jumping on the... Aldean wagon. You know. But I understand where, what he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. But he said it in a way that really does sound like he's pro-racism. Got a little bit of that Lynch mentality in the song. I'm not saying that he is. I'm saying that it sounds like it. I feel like, I feel like this is a problem. And I'm gonna say this. This is my problem with Jason Aldean at this very moment with this specific song, right? Because I don't know his catalog. I don't listen to Stadium Country. I'm with you. I listen to like Charlie Crockett. I listen to fucking Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel, Orville Peck. I uh, fucking Johnny Cash even. Willie Nelson. Yeah. Dolly Parton. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I listen when to, I think of when I think of country, that's what I that's what I think of. Yeah, I'm thinking of like people singing from the heart, and they're you know, 
It's like singing about things that they've experienced, real life experience. And this is the problem with Jason Aldean. Is Jason Aldean is singing about a small town and small town life. Yeah. He's talking about this community as if he grew up in a small town. Jason Aldean didn't grow up in a fucking small town. Mm -hmm. Jason Aldean grew up in Macon, Georgia with a population of like, what, 153,095 people? Right? And I just want to say that according to the, you know, the Bureau, uh, the U.S. Census Bureau, a small town is classified between 25,000 and 50,000 people. So that's like three times as many people for a small town. He lives yeah. in a city, right? He lives in a city uh, in Georgia. So that's the problem, right? He's pandering. Jason Aldean is a country music artist who has never worked a farm, who's never been to a small town of 830 people. Yeah. He's never been to a small town of 3,000 people and lived, right? He doesn't know what a country person really thinks. I'm going to tell you. When I was younger, I watched a country boy, mind you, at 16 years old, I want to say, spit in a police officer's face and beat the fuck out of that police officer in my small town. That boy wasn't black. That boy was white. And I know that Jason Aldean didn't mention race, but a lot of that footage was meant Towards to, the towards riots. The, yeah, the riots that happened. The protests that happened during uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I it's like it's coded. When when are you going to take like responsibility for the thing? Like your because tone is everything. Tone is everything, and it's like and your imagery is everything. You may be trying to say something else. You know, yeah. You may be saying like, hey, like our small town is a is a tight knit community. We stick up for each other. Mm-hmm. And I could stand behind that. Oh, for sure. Because, yeah, sure, like, that that convenience store owner does not deserve to get a, a gun pointed at him. Yeah. Or them, or whatever. People don't deserve to get carjacked. P- people don't deserve to get carjacked. People don't deserve to have their, you know, small businesses burnt down to the ground. And I, like, I stand by that completely. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you have to understand why... People were outraged. Yeah. You have to take your take yourself out of what body you're in, which is a white man's body. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to throw race out there, but right. that like you have to understand what your privilege is and yeah. what you see. Yeah, and it's like because what you see, Mister Aldean, yeah. is a different perspective than what Black people yeah. see. Your lived experience is far different than your small colors, town, uh, colors. quote unquote, small town experience mm. is not the same of what that of what a Black person's experience was. Yeah, and I also want to say that his quote unquote small town experience is not indicative of small town experiences. No, like I said, I grew up in a, a town. Uh, I went to elementary school in a town of eight hundred and thirty something people. Right? I lived in that town. And I'm going to tell you, I got robbed countless times. And you had several people like call you the N-word. Yeah, and I've had people break into my house, steal all of my shit. Me and my roommate. And it wasn't black people. wasn't Native American people. It was white fucking people. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is small town living isn't about race. Black people don't rob people. It's not about like, oh, that's the imagery that Jason Aldean is invoking equating and oh again, robberies it may and not be what he's trying to say exactly. but it's, it's the tone it's like the i said tone, it's the yeah. tone it's like it's it's the way he's saying it 
makes is implying that he is talking about a specific racial demographic. And the thing about it is, crime isn't committed by black people because they're black. Crime is committed by people because people are fucking poor. Yeah. And when you live in a when, town of 830-something people, the majority of those people are, are fucking poor. poor right? And and it, it's and it's sad. And yeah, you know, he mentions his his concert that got shot. Like, there was a mass shooting at his concert in, I can't remember the year. Mm-hmm. But it, w- I think it was a couple of years ago. There was a, a, a shooting That's at true. one of his, like it was a festival type of show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people were shot. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's dangerous to go to concerts anymore. Oh, for sure. You know, it, and, it, and that had nothing to do with race or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just another headline news of, a festival getting shot up, a, a mass shooting at a festival. Yeah. You know, and... More and more common. The longer we are... Uh, the, the longer the timeline tracks, the more common and mass shootings And, again, like, are. this isn't saying, like, oh, Jason Aldean, like, is a horrible person. Because, no, like, he has, him. like, some good things under his belt that he's mm-hmm. done. Yeah, he's, but, he's an active proponent of, like, breast cancer awareness and research yeah, to, you know, yeah, cure absolutely. breast cancer. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's, like, you know... That's, that's a, admirable. That's an admirable thing, but, like, I also... Don't be daft. Yeah, I Don't just, be daft about the things that are happening in world. Yeah. You, sir, are worth... What did you say? $80 million. $80 million, which I, I, I'm not saying that you have $80 million. Net worth is $80 million. That means but his assets combined could be sold at a price of $80 million. $80 million. Yeah. And. I'm sure you're living a lot better than we are, for instance. Of course. The thing about it is, is that I don't necessarily think that Jason Aldean is a bad person. No. I think that Jason Aldean is a rich person who is really out of touch with small town life. Yeah. I think that he wrote a song that panders to his core demographic, which are country and rural folk. He writes country music. And the way to do that, he feels, is to... It's like, um... I can't remember the artist who did it, but... I don't know, uh... You remember that song? Where were you when the world stopped turning? Remember that song? 9-11 happened. Oh, I guess I don't remember that song. Probably a little young. I was like... I was four. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, yeah, I was nine. So, like, when that song came out, that was, like, right after the Twin Towers went down, and this country artist wrote this song, and it was fucking played, mm-hmm. right? But it was pandering. And I'm sure that there was a sentiment of honesty about that song, like, oh, my God, this is a tragedy that happened. I'm going to write a song about it. But he made fucking bank off that song. That song was played for years and years, right, on country stations. And it's pandering. It's knowing what sells to the audience that you're trying to sell to, and what sells. It's kind to, of. I'm not. Go, I'm yeah. not going to. Um, What's yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put him in a box with another person. Yeah. That, because that person is much worse than you know Jason Aldean. Well, yeah. <laughs> but there is another famous person out there who is very well known who also pandered to the very far right, far right of the mm-hmm. of the world because he knew that that is what would get him spectacle. where he needed to go. It's spectacle. Jason Aldean knew when he put this song out that black people, people of color, you know, like myself, 
We're going to listen to it. We're going to hear it in passing in these small towns because we live in small towns too. We live around country music. A lot of black people like country music, right? And they were going to get upset about it. Yeah. And when they said something about it, guess what? The audience on the far right was going to embrace it. I'm Which not saying that Jason Alvey we... is far right. I'm saying that he caters to them with his music. Yeah. Well, and like he says in his statement, mm. he's not shy about his political about his political views. And he's not. Him and his wife are very open about the things that they feel. Mm -hmm. And that's not against the law. That's not yeah. against oh, anything. Yeah. You are, are entitled to your own opinion. But which is not something I support. It's just not something that I personally want to support. And see, and that's the thing. It's like the message of the song, I don't support that. And that's not why I'm upset. This is something that everybody's just really got to understand. I'm not upset that Jason Aldean has differing opinions to me. Right? No, because I can be that. a no. I can be, you know, I can disagree with somebody. Oh, 100%. I can, you know, have a disagreement with somebody. But what is not okay is racism. That's it. And see, and like, this is the thing. If you're going to be racist, just be, you know, say it out loud. But I don't necessarily, like I said, think Jason Aldean's racist. I think that Jason Aldean is like a lot of people and just is trying to make money. Yeah. Right? Well, what I most don't of us like, are. Yeah. The thing that I'm fired up about with the whole Jason Aldean thing is that he is claiming to be from a small town in a song to get people from small towns to buy into that narrative. And he's fucking not. Right? He doesn't know nothing about small town life. He's never worked a farm. He's never worked cattle. Right? Guarantee that he wouldn't know what the fuck to do. It's like Bo Burnham said it the best, in my opinion, in his song, Pandering. Bo Burnham has a bit, and in one of the lyrics in the song, this came out way before Jason Aldean, I just want you to know. This is not Bo Burnham talking to Jason Aldean, I'm not trying to start beef. But he wrote a song called Pandering as a bit about country music, stadium country music. Pandering. Yeah, it's called Pandering. And, quote, I write songs for the people who do jobs in towns I'd never move to. And that's Jason Aldean. He would never live in a town of 800. He'd never live in a town of 3,000. And if he does, he probably owns, like, what, a 100-acre ranch that just has a house on it and some horses. But he pays for the upkeep of that stuff. That's the kind of, like, people that write stadium country. They don't know nothing about working. They don't know it, right? Jason Aldean has been playing music since he was 14 years old. How many people do you know have had that opportunity? He lived close enough to Nashville to play bars there. That's how he got to start. That's the thing. He lives close enough to resources. Like I say, Macon, Georgia is not a small town, right? It's uh, it's one-fifth the size of Oklahoma City, for God's sake, right? Yeah. That sounds like a big difference. It's not. Oklahoma City 600,000 people. He lived in a town of 150,000 people, right? That's a city. That's not a town. It's bigger than most suburbs. That's the thing I have a problem with. I don't like people pandering, especially... To the far right. Because that's what he's doing. But I've talked about, like, I don't really have that much more to say about it. It's all I'm saying. It's like, you can like Jason Aldean all you want to. Anybody yeah. can do that. That's not what I have an issue with. Just know that when you listen to his music, that he's never had the experiences that he says he's had. He's not an authentic artist. If this song is anything to base an opinion on, he's not authentic. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's making an opinion about a life that he's never lived. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm just. No. 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 I get it. And <laughs> I get. I get the. I've lived the experience. I get the backlash. Yeah. I understand completely where people are coming from when they say like, "Hey, 
row. Like this does not. It's yeah, just it's like that, look. you know, the Key and Peele um, <laughs> yeah. skit where he's like, <laughs> he, he's like, he's like, I got a, I got a, a red-haired woman or lady with a, a blue eyes as bright as the sky. Got to set, got to keep her safe from the homies on the wrong side. And he's like, uh, he's like, that's a racist song. Against who? He's like, what? Against black people. No. Yeah, like, absolutely not. He's like, homies could be anybody. You could have Asian homies, white, white homies. homies. And Peel's like, uh, no. Homies are black. I think you're making the homies black. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I don't <laughs> think so. You know, it's like, that's that was the statement for me. That's yeah. how it felt. It's like... He's like, no, no, no. Y'all are making it about race. Like, y'all are y'all are saying all this stuff, and I'm I did like, not say that. Um, what would have influenced you within the last couple of years to make that song? To, that was... That's fun. the fucking yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be about race, huh? It's got to be about BLM. You're not talking about nobody else, are you? You're not talking about nobody else. You're talking about black people who don't want to get shot by the police. How about let's and, just uh, figure uh, out why the hell people were having those uh, riots in the first place. Yeah. How about you learn about that? Ask why people are so fucking mad about it. Learn. Educate yourself. I learned all of this about Jason Aldean and more in, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? Yeah. Like four Google searches. I looked up Jason Aldean. Went through several websites. They all say the same thing about his net worth and where he was born. How long he played music. Where he got his start. Not hard to find. And then I looked up city populations. Yeah. Didn't even have to click into a website. It's weird. All of this to say. Yeah. If you like Jason Aldean, like that's it. fine. Yeah, I don't care. If you like this <clears throat> song, that's fine yeah. as well. Just like, be aware. It's just, you know, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. It's not your cup of no. tea. Um, I'm not racing down the tracks to run and see Jason Aldean in concert. No, you know, I'd rather see the Dirty Meal again or or oh back. Oh my goodness, please! <clears throat> and we probably will probably never see a Orville Peck. Yeah, he's probably gonna be about selling out arenas now, not because he's an arena star, but because he's gotten so popular. Yeah, which <laughs> I'm I'm glad I'm yeah. glad that he's getting the notoriety that he deserves. I just want to be able to afford to go see him. Real. You know? And that's yeah. the thing. Like, whenever that happens, like, their tickets start to get up in the hundreds. And, you know, you're not paying 50 bucks. Yeah. 20 bucks. 20 bucks a piece. For yeah. shows anymore. And it's really sad. But um, I think we should take a break. Yeah. Uh, we hit our 30-minute mark. We did. But I want to read one thing. Oh, about yeah, absolutely. The thing. Yeah. And it's the last piece of news that I've got, and I'm not going to stay on it like I did Jason Aldean, because it's not as like, it's just something I want to talk about. Got to tie cannabis into this somehow, right? So, the model. Gigi Hadid. Gigi Hadid. Got arrested recently, going to, I believe, the Cayman Islands. Uh Uh-huh. She got arrested on July 10th for possession of marijuana and marijuana paraphernalia, cannabis. Don't usually use marijuana, but that's how it's phrased. No, it's not. It's phrased cannabis. Look at me being... That's okay. That's okay. But, you know, possession of cannabis and paraphernalia, and they were fined, her and her friend were fined a thousand bucks. I learned about this through The Last Prisoner Project, and you, you saw the news story before I did. But The Last Prisoner Project is a cannabis advocacy group about trying to get cannabis users out of prison. And they bring up a good point about traveling. Yeah. Uh, Cannabis is legal in, like, 
a shit ton of states, and the cannabis that they had was purchased legally in New York with a can with a medical cannabis license, and they traveled to the Cayman Islands. And the Cayman Islands have had medical cannabis since 2017, but they still got arrested because traveling across the border with cannabis of any state or any country is still a crime. Yes. Right. Because it's federally illegal. And this is something, like, this is a big issue. It's silly. It's silly. The place that she landed with this cannabis, the cannabis was legal there. Yeah. It's silly. And that's a big news to me. And I think everybody that's listening to this podcast, if you support cannabis, give Last Prisoner Project a follow on Instagram. They're a great resource for this kind of thing. If you want to get into, like, trying to see what it takes to legalize cannabis on a national level. Because, let's be honest, nobody deserves to be in jail for cannabis. Absolutely not. It's absurd. Is is not something that I agree with at all. Nobody should be arrested. Nobody should go to jail. Nobody should spend years. Yeah, behind bars. Behind bars for nothing. Absolutely nothing. A non-violent offense. Because cannabis does is not a violent drug. Mm -mm. It is not an addictive drug. You know, and I just it's just another way of control, in my opinion. Yeah, and we um, can get into the history of cannabis prohibition at a later date. Yeah, absolutely. Because I have notes. Bless but, Gigi Hadid and her friend for, you know, having to go through something like that. Yeah, I'm glad but they got that's, off that's, a, that's another thing that you should be more aware of is yeah. when you're buying cannabis in a legal state, yeah, you, you need to find out the laws and regulations for traveling to different places, whether it's a different country, yeah. whether it's a different, different state. state. Or you need to find out what your regulations yeah. are. And I'll say right now, uh, when in doubt, don't travel across state lines with it. Oh, yeah. Just don't do it because it's a trafficking charge. They can yeah. get you on trafficking. Gigi Adid got, a, got, a, got away like a $1,000 fine. It's not bad for what she did. Yeah. In the federal government's eyes. Yeah. Me and you, the listener, probably would be in prison. Yeah, jail time. Federal. <laughs> yeah, jail time. <laughs> and that's another sense of privilege. Yeah. Um, but that's but another... I'm happy that she didn't get yeah. jail time. Yeah, like, absolutely. Don't, don't think that nobody I'm deserves to go to jail. Exactly. That is exactly what I'm saying. Nobody deserves to go to jail for having cannabis. Yeah, but period. you as a regular person, don't risk it. Yeah, don't risk it, it for the biscuit. Buy it please. there. Yeah, buy it. Buy it there. If it's legal there, buy it there. Yeah. It's like I'm not gonna travel to Colorado with cannabis in the car when I can just get it there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, all right. We have hit our 30-minute mark. Mal is completely right. We're going to take a little break, and then we will be right back with some Dr. Roxy. So see you in... That weed song. Yeah. Or Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown, who does cocaine. All right. We'll be right back. What other doom scrolling things can we get ourselves into? And we're back. <laughs> what are some other doom scrolling things that we can get ourselves into? Um, you've never heard of Doctor Roxy. Yeah, I've never even I've never seen her. Well, Doctor Roxy, I actually followed her like I want to say in like twenty twenty, I believe. Yeah. Because I like I follow a lot of TikTok doctors. 
Because I find their content interesting. Sometimes it's informative. And I thought that her stuff was interesting. She had, like, a really, like, loud personality. Gotcha. You know? Uh, a lot of her videos, her content videos, was, like, doing the TikTok dances mm. and, like, the trends and being like, hey, like, I'm the plastic surgeon that you need to do A, B, and C. Got that you know? Leo energy. Yeah. She really had, she really had, like, the... the fire uh, sign energy. Yeah. yeah. And it really brought a lot of people to her page. A lot of people liked her personality. And there's a, a former patient of hers that said that that's what really sold her on agreeing to get her surgery yeah. was her char- charisma, her ability to, you know, tell her these things and, you know, make her feel comfortable and safe. And um, but anyway, Dr. Roxy, that's her TikTok name, uh, but her real name is Catherine Roxanne Growy. Growy. That's how people have been saying it. I thought it was Graw, but yeah. people in, like, videos that I've watched, they pronounce it Growy. Mm-hmm. So. Spelled G-R-A-W-E? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, she lost her right to practice medicine in the state of Ohio on July 13th of this year. The Ohio Medical Board fined her... $4,500. Seems like a minuscule amount of money, right? Yeah. Like, you put a lot of people's lives in kind of danger. Yeah, yeah. And you're only having to pay $4,500, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Kind of a slap on the wrist. She, she but she lost her medical license in That's the state of Ohio. One, yeah. um, and the reason why it's not because of her TikTok is not because of, you know, that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Roxy was really prone to TikTok living her surgeries. Yeah, yeah. Actual surgeries. Yeah, had the camera set up while she's performing. Patient sedated. Patient yeah. under. And she is performing these surgeries on live. Now, That's pretty wild to me. I don't go live. No, yeah, I don't really. Let me readjust myself here so I can face you. That's fine. Um, but TikTok Live, in from the lives that I've watched from other people, mm-hmm. is you've got your camera set up, you're doing something. Yeah. And you're, the chat is rolling in. Yeah. You know, people are asking questions, people are responding to what you're saying, uh, people are just saying some random stuff, you know, and the chat moves fast. If you've got a lot of people in there, I mean, you may not be able to keep up with what is coming in there. Yeah. So, when you do a TikTok Live, you shouldn't be doing anything strenuous. Oh, for sure not. You shouldn't be doing anything that requires focus. You should, you know, like what we're doing. You know, just sitting, just chilling, just doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, answering a couple of questions. And whatever it is, but you should not be doing an actual surgery. Yeah, it's not like we're driving down the road recording this cast. No, yeah. no, and that's what she was doing. You know, she was no. she was performing surgeries. I know I'm repeating myself. No, but it's fine. With patients under under anesthesia. Yeah, Sounds under like anesthesia. She's very heavily distracted. Heavily distracted. Yeah, and that's malpractice right there, in my opinion. I don't want a doctor performing surgery on me. 
and being distracted. I want them 100% focused on my surgery so, so I don't die. <clears throat> exactly. Well, there has been uh, a couple of people, patients, former patients mm-hmm. of Dr. Roxy, who has, you know, filed complaints. Yeah. Filed petitions or um, whichever against Dr. Roxy because they have had complications, infection, after having surgery mm-hmm. with her. And um, one person in particular, her name is Mary Jenkins. And the reason why I found her is she waited outside of the courtroom the day Dr. Roxy lost her license. Mm-hmm. Because in her mind, she wanted... She wanted her face to be the first face Dr. Roxy saw (coughs) when she lost her license. Because Dr. Roxy messed up Mary Jenkins' surgery. So much so that in from from a video of Mary Jenkins that I got from her TikTok mm-hmm. that she put in um in her little like description box of her video yeah. that said in 2012 she went in for a tram flap with a tummy tuck for a breast reconstruction post stage 3 breast cancer. Mhm. In 2014, which a couple of other articles that I found said in 2013, so I'm not... In this area. But in this area, 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. Mary sued Dr. Roxy. Yeah. In 2016, the jury found that Dr. Roxy was guilty of malpractice and medical negligence. Yeah, and those are things that, like, stick with your record. I know that, like, a lot of people might be afraid, because you can. There and are... this, I don't think she TikTok lived her, because TikTok wasn't yeah. really a thing in 2012 through 2015. But she has a history of malpractice. But she has a history of malpractice. <clears throat> she has a history of, you know, yeah. doing, I guess, not doing 100% her job. See, and, like, that's kind of, like, the thing right there is that kind of stuff. Sticks on your on your record, no matter what state you apply for a license in. You know they'll pull it up and look. They'll be like, "Oh, uh, I'm I'm applying in a different state. She was in Ohio. Now she's saying like California. It's like, oh well, let's pull it up and they'll look at her record and be like, oh, you have a a guilty charge of malpractice and negligence yeah, on yeah. your record. And then they'll be like, oh, your license was stripped from you in Ohio. Why? Live streaming patient or negligence, in my opinion. I can't say I'm not a I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, no, I, and I'm I'm not either. It just appears that just on the grounds of live streaming a surgery, that's malpractice, in my opinion. That that's not like I don't know if that's the legal terms, but I wouldn't want that. Yeah, well, and also like with Mary Jenkins, mm. she did win her case. Um, I can't remember the amount of money that she was paid for the the lawsuit that she made, like she filed against Dr. Roxy. Mm-hmm. But she she did win her case. Yeah. Um. But there is another uh patient. Um. Um. But this woman, her name is Kelsey Cardenas. I think that's how you say her name. Mm-hmm. Um. She all she went in for a breast lift. But this is a person who was a follower of Doctor mm-hmm. Roxy. She days. found her on TikTok. Gotcha. And she had, uh, she said that she, like, really connected with 
Dr. Roxy's online persona. That's what we were talking about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. She has this charisma. Mm-hmm. She has this way of, like, you know, getting people to be drawn into her stuff. Yeah, yeah. entertaining. Entertaining. Mm-hmm. And she says she had watched Dr. Roxy perform surgeries on live. Mm-hmm. So she was involved in watching the live surgeries as well. And this is a quote that Kelsey says in her interview with uh, Inside Edition. Mm. Um, she says, if you're brave enough to live stream surgery and you're that transparent, you would just assume that you know that she's not having the issue that she was having, which is malpractice and negligence. Mm-hmm. Um, confident about streaming these things right if you, you must be really good in your skill to be able to multitask like that right yeah that's what these people on these lives are watching they're thinking wow she's such a good person to be able to do this she's and so skilled she's she's giving us an inside she's letting <clears throat> us be a part of her doctor-esque world mm-hmm. and letting us the outsiders who aren't doctors to be able to see the surgeries. Yeah. And that's another point that I'll make later. But um, Kelsey states that she had complications after her surgery with Dr. Roxy. Mm-hmm. Because, like she said, she didn't do her research in Dr. Roxy. She only found her through TikTok. She didn't, like, she didn't talk to any past patients, didn't, like, really look into Dr. Roxy in, uh, she didn't, like, look into her is what I'm saying. She didn't study. Yeah. Um, so she said that she had complications after Mm -hmm. her surgery. About four weeks post-op, she had a five-by-five wound under her breast. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not asking the audience to visualize a pair of but about that five by five wound if you if you would entertain me (laughs) think of that yeah it's five inches five inches a lot of inches (laughs) when you're getting a lift you know Mm -hmm. like they obviously are lifting the skin yeah they're having to make an incision under your like yeah you know A lift is like making them perky, right? Yes, like, you know, obviously, because, like, when you get to a certain age, like, you're, you know, people, some people get, you know, yeah. they, they, they want that done. They Gravity just taking effect. Gravity does take like, effect. It's not, it's I'm not judging yeah. people who get plastic surgery. Oh, no. Like, that's your, that's your business. Plastic surgery has myriads of uses that Absolutely. are important, you know? Um, but she had a five-by-five five wound. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's pretty large. Yeah, I'm assuming it's five inches by five inches. Yes. Because if it was feet, she'd probably die. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, that's absurd to think. But I, I, I'm i just going to go ahead and assume five inches. Yes. And, like, I know that people think we have, like, a really distorted sense of inches. But inches is, like, a lot. Like, yeah. When you, I, you, when you imagine an inch. Me. Yeah. It's like this. This is an inch. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's real tiny. And then it gets bigger yeah. and bigger. And what mm. Kelsey said, she watched her, yeah, her own surgery back. She watched her actual surgery afterwards, and she had noticed in that TikTok live of her seeing herself, watching herself, watching her doctor perform her own surgery, mm-hmm. be distracted and made an extra cut, an extra cut where Oof. she shouldn't have done it. And there is video proof mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. she fucked up. 
And, um, you know, she's being distracted by the TikTok chat. And that's what I was saying. When you're on live and you're that big of a creator, comments are just coming in. I mean, fast, zoom in, you know. Um, I could look down at my gum package and miss 20 questions. I've seen, I've seen comment sections in lives go, like, from one question to a hundred in a matter of a second. Oh, yeah. Because, like, all of these questions are coming in simultaneously, right? It's not queued. No. Right? Like, a hundred questions could come in at once. And you're yeah. missing a lot of things, and you're, like, you're paying attention to the chat. And this is something that I feel like is super important to people who say, I'm good at multitasking. I'm not. And that is a good <laughs> response, because let me say, I am good at multitasking but good at multitasking doesn't mean you're doing the things that you're multitasking well that means that you're not dying right it's like they do research they've done research on multitasking and it says that you lose about 70 percent of your capabilities i'm pulling a number out of my ass here guys let's not Get in the comments or whatever the fucking fact check on this. <laughs> you can look it up, but it's a large percentage of your ability disappears whenever you multitask, right? You don't retain your ability to do things well when you are distracted by other things. Humans are only wired to do one thing at a time. Truly. No matter how much you think you're good at multitasking, you are not. I hope this isn't picking up. But, like, I'm totally fanning myself right now. I can hear a little bit of that plastic rattle, but because I don't care. I am it's so, hot. I'm so hot. Let me get a little bit of that. I'll get both of us. <laughs> but, uh. Hot as hell, man. So, again, due to negligence by Dr. Roxy, she, in 2021, mm -hmm. had been warned <laughs> by yeah. the medical board to not live stream any more surgeries. Yeah, by the Ohio State Medical Board. Yes, because they were like, okay, a doctor. Take a doctor, for instance. Yeah. Um, You know, on uh, Discovery Channel, they had, like, the, what was that medical examiner show? Doctor, um, Dr. G's Medical. Never heard of him. She, she was a, a medical examiner. And there was, like, she would, she had, like, a camera crew that would follow her around. And, like, they wouldn't show anything, obviously. Yeah, because it's a television show. But they would show, like, she was obviously doing her job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got I've a lot of these, like. Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah. They, you've got, stuff. like, these camera crews, mm -hmm. but they don't get in the way. Yeah, they back this up. Is, this is a a documentary, docu series, whatever. Yeah, yeah. They come in, they meet with the people, they explain what this show's gonna like. What's you coming in? You sign your in. release forms, your waivers, yes. and and then they set up and they move out of the way. They're not asking you questions in during the thing. Yeah, you're doing your job. Yeah, and you ignore the cameras. And um, and really, like the people who watch surgeries. Like, we were talking about this, like, mm. the other day, is, you know, students. Students in medical, like, learning medical hospitals, they also watch surgeries. Yeah. But they also know when to ask questions. Yeah. They know when to not interrupt the surgeon, mm -hmm. doctor, whatever. They know when they can step up and say, hey, doctor, whatever, 
what is your technique for whatever? Mm-hmm. And they have like galleries, you know. Imagine, yeah. I know you have not watched uh, Grey's Anatomy. I've seen a bit. But in that show, whenever like somebody's in a surgery, like an intern is picked for the surgery or whatever, mm-hmm. there's like this room up at the top yeah. called the gallery yep. where people go and watch these surgeons perform these um, surgeries. If Out they're trying the something new, <laughs> yeah. if they're, you know, this yeah. is a, a, a experimental, experimental surgery. surgery, it's not live streamed. It's no. not live streamed to the general public. And I'm not saying like, Keep the general public out of seeing these things. But it's like there is a better way that she could have done it. If she oh, wanted to record her surgeries, she could have done it like, you know, as like what YouTubers do. You know, they get like their camera equipment. Yeah. They set up. They record whatever they're doing. And you go back and you edit things. And you can over, you can do your voiceovers. Yeah. And be like, hey, like this, this is what I'm doing butterfly here. stitch that I'm doing will help decrease um scarring Mm -hmm. you know like heck whenever i was doing my apprenticeship at the funeral home like i didn't film any of the people that i worked on even though that they are deceased there's still an element of privacy there's still an element of privacy and you know like sure i'm sure people are interested in the ins and outs of you know the death and dying stuff, but, uh, you know, it wasn't my facility. It mm-hmm. wasn't my business to TikTok live those things. And you got to get a lot of liability waivers. There's a lot of paperwork to sign. This is the thing that I have a, uh, an issue with, is, like, this is something that I feel like creators like that need to understand. There is a better way to do that whole live stream process for oh, surgery yeah. that could have worked and could have not been distracting. Of course, of course. could have been perfectly fine. I think, like, but, if you had a monitor person... Mm-hmm. It is like a huge thing. Like, An assistant answering questions. You can you can delegate yeah. like tasks to people. Hundred percent. And like, but see, this is the problem. Is like content creation because right now what we are doing, we're it's creating content creation. Yeah, it's content creation. And if you start at episode one and you listen to episode two, we're not as good as we're gonna be on episode three. We're not going to be as good as, you know, as we get to, like, maybe episode 20. Yeah, we're... We may have this thing down. Down perfect. Yeah, we might not have... We, I might not have to spend three hours editing out an hour and a half podcast, right? Because we're that good. Because we've gotten that good. Exactly. And we've learned a rhythm, and we've seen what works in trial and error. But the problem with surgery streaming is there's no trial and error. You have to know what you're doing on both ends and how you're well, going to tackle so it. Well, and there's so much that could happen in a risk. surgery. That's it. Yeah, that's it. People have died. Oh, yeah. And going under. People die going under when you're not distracted. Yeah. When you have the best surgeon. People yeah. fucking things, die under anesthesia. Happen. Yeah. Uh, anesthesia is not no joke to be messing around with. It's dangerous shit, man. And it's like you chose to do something that's a learning experience kind of business yeah with uh you know pulling in your career which is not something that you do a learning experience trial on and it's like fucked up so i'm completely of the the merit of this and she pleaded she pleaded with the medical board to say i will never do a tiktok live again and you know what their response was is that there is too many people that you have hurt harmed 
you've put people at risk of your own vanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm pre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not quoting it, uh, by word, but paraphrasing. That's, yeah, that's paraphrasing pretty much what they said is like you are a danger. <laughs> your liability to the public. Hundred percent. Yeah, because. You've been warned about your TikTok lives in the past. Yeah, this is th- this is the thing. It's like this isn't a warning now. We've yeah. warned you once. We've warned you once. And you that, didn't listen. And I'll say, um, coming from uh, my mom being a nurse and in the medical background, getting called in front of the medical board of any state is, is huge. Is a problem. Like that's something that nurses don't want to run into. Yeah. Because the thing about it is, if they call you in there and you got a warning, that's incredibly lucky. Yeah. Because when they call you in, they usually have grounds to get you to pull your license. Yeah. And you're probably going to lose it. And it's like they warned you and you decided to ignore the medical board. Don't plead. Don't beg. That's that's pathetic. You knew what you were doing before yeah. you were warned. Then you got a warning. And see, and this is the problem. Not and you only, hurt people. Yeah. Not only were you warned, you had been sued and found guilty of medical malpractice and negligence in 2016. This is 2023, babes, right? What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You're not fit to be a nurse, and I'm sorry to say. Some not a nurse. Are... She was a doctor. Oh, yeah, that's right. A doctor. She's not even a nurse. She's not even a doctor. She's a surgeon. Yeah. Look at me being fucking foolish. I have my mom in my head being a nurse, medical board. Doesn't matter. You're a surgeon. You're not fit to be a surgeon. You're cutting corners. I thought I messed up. Oh, no. I thought I, like, because, like, I'm sweating. Oh, yeah. I'm sweating so bad, so I'm, like, trying to, like, wipe the sweat off, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was getting in my way. Yeah, I I get that. The mics, our mics are kind of intrusive right now, because we're using the equivalent of a high-tech lapel mic and, and, uh, omnidirectional mic, trying to get a good sound quality. We'll see how it turns out. It might be terrible. But to conclude, mm-hmm. Dr. Roxy will not be able to perform any surgeries from this moment forward in the state of Ohio in the year 2023 and beyond. Hold steady. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I figured that since that is like picking it up too. Yeah. Well, that picks up your quiet parts. Oh, I'm right. sorry. I'm no, talking sorry. with my hands. Yeah, I get it. No, no, no worries. I just didn't want it, like, stuck to my body because, like, I'm so, I'm hot. Yeah, mine is also just chilling, but, As yeah. y'all know, we are recording in the heat. Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll clown, shall not be performing any more surgeries I still in Ohio. I still can't get the ween song, song stuck out of my head. Dr. Rock. <laughs> That's the name of it. That ween band, that jam band. I'm going to piss off every ween fan that ever listens to the podcast. Don't have the ween fam, the flam. I like ween. Come I, after us. I think they're a great band. I just also know that they are a jam band. When you get up on stage and you have a song called Poop listen, Ship Destroyer listen. that you play for like, what, two hours? I was at work the other band. day. Yeah. And that song came on. And I didn't think anything about it. Because, like, I was just in my zone. I was doing my own thing. And I was like, poop, ship, destroy up. You know, I was like, I was just into it. Well, and then, like, 20 minutes passed by. And the same <laughs> song is on. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm listening to the 20-minute version of this song. 
That's what. That's the definition of jam. <laughs> I don't care what the weed fans think. They're wrong. It's a jam band, and that's fine. I love jam bands. Uh, but that's a jam band. I just I thought it was so funny because like uh, I think it was the um, what uh, show was that? It's from. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm pausing. I'm pausing. I don't mean to pause. I'm fine. I'll edit it out. Uh. It's from the Paint in the Town Brown. Uh, it's Ween Live. Paint in the Town Brown. Listen, don't understand. What? You're not down with the brown. You have to be down with the brown. <laughs> the brown note? Anyway, the it's note? Ween Live from 1990 to 1998. Crazy. And it is 26 minutes and 6 seconds long. That's too long a song so with that i think we're gonna hit another break and then we'll be back to talk about the one <laughs> the only Quan mills all right we'll be right back da, 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 da. Ding, 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 ding. And we're back once again from our third break, which is great because we really do need a break because we're literally melting into our couch right now. Yeah, it's like, for real. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like I've listened to so many podcasts and all of them, you know, in the summer, you'll always hear, especially especially lower budget features like ours, you know, people starting out doing it independently like ours. You'll, always, you'll hear the them eventually. The thing is, go, is we don't so have a hot. studio. Oh, no. We are not a studio oh, no. brand podcast. We are doing this out of the comfort of our living room. We do have, we are lucky enough to have some decently high-end equipment that we're running on. Yeah. But we don't have uh, acoustic foam. We don't have a studio. We're literally running this in our living room. Yeah. Um, Sorry. No central air, just eight window ACs. And it's hot. And a lot of podcasters are in the same spot as us. They're independent. And then it's like, you'll hear them say, God, we're sweating, you know? But we're definitely yeah, sweating. I'm, we're melting. I'm sweating. It's like we're made out of sugar. It's so hot that I can't even, like, form words right. But now that we're back, covered Dr. Roxy, the rock and roll clown. And we've covered... I keep making that reference. If you haven't seen Metalocalypse, do yourselves a favor. And, and watch ahead. it. Go ahead and watch it. That show's fucking masterpiece. Anyway... Um, and we covered the news, Jason Aldean and, uh, Gigi Hadid. 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 I don't know why I wouldn't say Hadid. Who is also sisters with Bella Hadid. I don't know who Bella Hadid is. <laughs> you gotta sit and think about how to, how to, how to make me think about her, but I don't remember. You don't. Oh. You wouldn't. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better, like I'm not out of the loop or something, but. So now we're back, we're gonna talk about, um, uh, gotcha. Dated, uh. The weekend for a long time off. Oh, that's why you know about her. Because weekend fan. I like the weekend too. I like that Grand Theft Auto 6 used uh, um, the. I'm blinded by the light. For their intro music. I, I like love the weekend. it. I think it's pretty cool. I love that song. But we're going to talk about a black writer, a black, uh, an African American writer, specifically of urban street literature. Quan Mills. I don't know if you know about Quan Mills. I don't know if you've seen Quan Mills pop up on any of y'all's TikTok feeds. Um, Quan Mills is an interesting character. So I saw him a couple times and I've seen his 
book covers before, but like most people, I thought they were fucking meme covers, right? Because they look like real covers. Yeah, they look so they look fake as fuck, right? Um, like dime store trash novels is what they look like. I'm not saying that's what they are. I haven't read any of his books. I want to preface, so I can't make any accusations about the content. That's not really what this is about. This is kind of like it ties into everything we've talked about today. Actually, this has been a really cohesive episode because the real core of this episode, I don't want to leave it up to interpretation. This isn't a movie. This isn't an A24 film. The core of this episode has been essentially sensationalism. Yeah. Um, For instance, Jason Aldean uses sensationalism to garner sells on his new song right uh the more controversial it is the more it sells to the first people that want that controversy that agree with that um dr roxy controversial because she's doing surgeries but it's not controversial lives yeah it's sensational because us as humans we we can't look away from things like that Mm -hmm. right that's what sells uh like you said the personality putting on the character sensationalism and that's Quan mills bread and butter Quan Mills has been writing books forever. He has had several pen names, as far as I know, or at least one other, and it didn't do well. His 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 books didn't do well. They didn't sell. So, uh, so what happened was is sometime in the late 2010s, getting close to the 2020s, right? This is when his books really started taking off. He wrote a book with the title "My Bad White Bitch." That's the title. I'm not trying to say that word in a disparaging way, but I gotta say the title. Um, And the title's only got more crazy from there. And a lot of people who have talked about him have brought up the fact that these titles are really pushing massage noir. Which, to those that don't know, misogyny in the black community. Um, The way he writes and the subjects he writes about are very black-centered, people of color-centered, in urban settings, and poverty settings, right? Yeah. And he really picks these things to talk about. Feels, this is what he said in interviews, he feels like he wants to get away from the Huxtable-esque way black people are depicted in Hollywood and literature. Huxtable's being Bill Cosby show. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, I, like, is he saying, like, those types of, like, families don't exist? What he's saying is those types of families aren't the norm. The way he writes about black people is the norm. That's what he's saying. Like, how what he, is he, like... What he's saying is, is that the black people that are middle class are far outnumbered by the black people that are in poverty class. And that we should be telling stories about the poverty class of black people. He wants to get but away... But I feel like there's a way that you can do that without being... Read some of the titles of his book. Okay, I thought you'd never ask. Because... Some of those ty- the reason yeah. why I'm I'm saying like there's a way that you can you can talk about the poverty class of, of black people mm-hmm. without uh, sensationalism it, yeah provocateur being a provocateur like uh, really pandering to the uh, fantasy not necessarily fantasy but like that that is the culture yeah you know yeah yeah you could tell stories about poor black people without titles such as pastors eat pussy too spelt with a w or the old dot next door that's multiple books this is one but they're like the old dot next door too and then etc or this hoe eat chitlins yeah this hoe eats chitlins you know what i mean i'm black i'm 
deferring to AADE myself. Mm-hmm. Um, this white hoe put raisins in her potato salad. Uh, another one is, this hoe got roaches in her crib. Not the roaches in the crib. Not the roaches in the crib, yeah. Or my psycho baby daddy. Let me, okay, so I'm not trying to make a joke, but no, 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 at the same time making a joke. Yeah, making a joke. So this kind of like reminds me of like The Sims. Yeah. And the reason why I say that it reminds me of The Sims is like, this seems like the like the movie posters that you would like find. Yeah, like, like parody posters. Yeah, in, like, their, <coughs> like, buy-sell market, you yeah. know? Like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem real. Yeah, it seems, hey, this doesn't seem real. These are all legit books that you can buy. Every single one of these book titles that I'm mentioning are real books that have been and written by And, like, Columbia. another reason why I say, like, The Sims is because, like, there's a lot of mods mm-hmm. out there that, like, would make that, like, a possibility. Like the roaches in yeah. your crib, and <laughs> yeah. um, because, like I said, there's just like a lot of mods out there that can make your game do the craziest things. Yeah, turn your game into a completely different experience. Yeah, it could break it. So like, I watched this... some. I watched somebody literally download a mod that like it said the the action was um, shoot Uzi like. In a circle. Yeah. And literally the sim spun around in a circle, hopped into a car, and just went... (laughs) (laughs) Absurd. Killed Bella Goth. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Not to get off the topic. Uh, Another one is, My Baby Mama is a Loser. And, and like, these titles are, like, absurd, right? Like, you can They're so absurd, because, like... I'm gonna tell you how good this marketing is, right? This is the problem with this. This is the this is the the core of this problem, right? I don't want to read these books. No. I'm gonna have to read at least one of these books. I've got to. Yeah. I've got to know what the contents of the book are. These AI generated? Is he lying? Apparently not. He's got a fan base. I listened to a YouTube interview where he talks about this. But something that you got to know about Quan Mills specifically is that he knows that these titles are fucking nuts, right? This isn't like he's like, oh, I didn't know. No, he is very vocal that he does not want to write about black people in the positive light. He wants to write about these stories, and his his reasoning is, is I want to write about these stories because these are things that we need to talk about as a black community. Now, me personally, I'm not saying that he's wrong about that. There are probably some things that the black community needs to discuss amongst themselves. Yeah. Problem is, Which, you know, is like, that there's a more sensitive way to write about these problems. I think so, and that's what I was saying mm-hmm. in the beginning is, like, I feel like if you're wanting to shed light on the more poverty-side-stricken... Yeah, and struggles of black people. Yeah. Then, like, there's another way that you can do it. Like, I myself, I am not black. I cannot speak on any, you know, type of experience... But, mm-hmm. like, I just feel like there's just another way that you can Go shed some light. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to go about doing it like this. And it's I feel like, like it's, like, very misogynistic mm-hmm. in a way because, like, you're referring to, like, women as hoes. Mm-hmm. You're referring to them as... I have I have an issue with people referring to women as hoes and bitches. Yeah, and I do too. I don't... Ref- I don't think that it's respectful. I don't think so either. I don't, re- I try, I like, not even try. I don't refer to women. I've never referred to women as hoes and bitches. 
in yeah. a, like in a casual sense. I've called people bitches. I've called people bitches. Rarely too. women. But it's not <laughs> like, rarely women. Like whenever <clears throat> I'm, you know, like mm. if my like brother or something is talking about somebody, he never refers to anybody as like a right. bitch. You don't have to. That's I, the thing. You don't have to do that. No. You can you can talk about something and be respectful. Exactly. You know? You can you can talk shit to somebody. If there's if there's roaches kind of in your girlfriend's crib, yeah. then you might want to get some traps. How about yeah, how about you help her get rid of them? Yeah. Now me personally, like I said, I don't know the contents of these books. That might be the whole plot. That might be the whole plot. But the problem is is that's not what you're conveying to me when you do this. Well, and, and the reason why I think that that's not what he's conveying is, like you said in interviews, he is wanting to talk about these quote-unquote real experiences. Mm-hmm. He wants to not talk about the, like, like the middle-class yeah. black families. Those are so rare. Mm-hmm. Be like but, that. uh, like, it's just like there's... I'm trying to find, like, the right words to say. I'm going to say, I got you right here, because this is something that he's very vocal about in these interviews. And, like, I read uh, an interview on a website that has very shitty mobile support, so I couldn't take any screenshots of it. But the gist of it is, is he talks about in this interview that he does write these titles because it makes him money. Right. So, so again, it's a it's it pandering. All, exactly. You're pandering to a certain type of audience, that and makes the thing you money. is, is that the people who probably read those books, some might be of POC mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But you're also pandering to that white audience, that white racist audience that like to see black people because fail. it's a fantasy. Yeah. It it's, is. It's it's like, and, and I know I know that that sounds crazy Mm. but like there is a huge audience of white people who like fantasize about being with like i'm gonna use a term that not something that i use in my vocabulary but it's what he is like i guess women that aren't very what is it up to Classy. classy standards yeah they're not classy women and like there are people out there who like like stuff like that. Yeah. And it's it's pandering to that audience. And like you said, it's making him money. Oh, of course. So he's going to continue to diminish a a community of people because of money in the name of money. This is something that's super important to understand is capitalism rewards the shittiest behaviors for the promise of money. And the thing is, is like, I don't have any problem with somebody making money off their books. I want people to be successful. I just don't want you to be successful like that. Yeah. Right? I don't care. Like, maybe your books have really good content in them. I don't know. But my assumption is no. Right? My assumption is, is that these books are absolutely terrible. I don't know. I'm going to read one. And I will update people about the contents of these books later. I might be completely wrong. But your titles are definitely a money grab. You have admitted on in these inter- one of these interviews that some of the book titles, some of the books you've written, that scared me. That scared me too. That was from the kitchen, I think. It's Winston. Some of these book titles, some of these books you only written for money, right? Some of these books you say you've written in like a day, three days, a couple of weeks. 
authors take months and months to write books, man. It's like you're not putting any time in. You're churning them out like an AI does, like the AI book craze. And that's very concerning. How good can your prose be if you're turning out books in a week? But I know you have a fan base because you got interviewed by a fan <laughs> that agrees with your statements. A woman fan. And, like, something he claims, which I have no idea, I have no earthly way of knowing his analytics, is that, like, 75% of his reader base are black women. But he also claims that black men don't read nonfiction. And that's, As a rule. that's such a, a wild claim. Such a wild claim. Because, like, I feel like you just don't know who reads what. Yeah. You know? And it's like, first off, as a black male... You read a lot. I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. Like, the majority of my books that I read are nonfiction. I do read... You are read not nonfiction. That... Majority of the books I read are fiction. Yeah. I do read nonfiction from yeah, time to time. Yeah, absolutely. But he's like, oh yeah, uh, black uh, black people, uh, black men only read uh, nonfiction shit like Forty Eight Rules of Power. That's men. A lot of men read those books. Yeah, like that's what. It's not you know, just black men, and right. it, black men don't just read nonfiction. Or uh, yeah, non uh, nonfiction. You can look on the internet and see. Black men of my age and of my class that are just complete fucking nerds. Yeah. And you're going to sit and here and tell me that they read nonfiction. Yeah, exactly. You're going you're to sit here and tell me that they're not reading Lord of the Rings. They're cosplaying. You're going to sit here <laughs> and tell me that I'm, I'm wrong? wrong? Oh, I love that. I need to get that sound bite, bro, because for real. You're going to sit here and tell me that I'm wrong? And that's the thing. It's like he's so out of touch. What he means is... Black men don't read shitty dime-store romance novel titles. Your titles aren't there to grab black men that read nonfiction. Your titles are there for people that want a specific type of fantasy. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like, you're... you're, you're Nailed it. To a different type of people. You picked a specific type of demographic to pander to. And look, everybody kind of panders a little bit. I don't think we're pandering. What we say... Is our beliefs and opinions. And I'm not you, gonna <laughs> as the audience, can yeah. form your own goddamn opinion yeah. about what you, If you want to go out and pick up one of these books mm-hmm. and read them, and you're going to be and, like... And you love them, you love them. I don't know what Mal and Ilwa was talking about huh? when they're saying, like, hey, this guy's pandering. Yeah. Like, that's your business. That's your business, yeah. What I'm telling you is I personally think that the people that claim that these are massage noir might have might be onto something. I will read and make my own opinion, and if I'm completely fucking wrong, I'll tell you. But what I will say is fact is that these titles are meant to pander to a specific audience so he can make money off of you because what his dream is is to produce television shows. He wants to be the the. Well, I'm going to use this word. I, I don't I know, use it. I know. The ghetto Tyler Perry. That's what he wants to be. I was going to say the no. Tyler Perry. No, no, no. Hood, hood. And see, and this is something that's also a thing. He is against hood culture. He doesn't like this. You want to know a direct quote from him? He doesn't want to He doesn't want to write books. This is a direct quote that I'm going to paraphrase. So it's not a direct quote, but this is what he said. He said, I don't like writing books about a woman fantasy of a nigga with a big dick. Hood nigga with a big dick. Yeah. Who wants to read that shit? 
That's his quote. Not hood. Ghetto. What he wants yeah. to do is write books about this hoe got roaches in their crib. Yeah. End quote. And that's the Being problem. misogynistic. Yeah. Being misogynistic. His whole view about women is misogynistic. Yeah. Everything that he has said in these interviews comes across as misogynistic. I don't care that he might not believe that he is misogynistic. It feels misogyn noir to me. Yeah. It look it's giving misogyn noir. Yeah. And we'll find out. I'll read it and maybe these books are fucking the masterpieces. Maybe he is a savant at churning out novel after novel in weeks time. I doubt it. As a person who admires writers and does a lot of reading, you can tell the people that wrote the book short time, right? There's some really good books that are terribly written, <laughs> right? Like really good premises that are terribly written. And you can tell. That's why they're like $5 on the bookstore, 99 cents in the bargain bin, you know? If y'all hear a slight plastic Breeze. of <coughs> crinkle, I'm using a vinyl record, not one that's important to me. But it's important. Not one that's important to us. But I, I'm using it as a fan because I'm quite literally so hot. I'm going to tell you what. I'd use the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack to fan my ass off if that's all I had. <laughs> okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Whatever. See, look, look, you know it. That's exactly what it sounds like. That's exactly what it sounds like. And me, like, you're like, I don't want to embarrass myself. It's... And me, I'm the one who's not doing it right. <laughs> no, for real, though, you're not doing it right. Okay. I still love you that you don't have the Cowboy Bebop theme ingrained. It's called uh, Tank, if anybody's curious. But seatbelts. Nobody's curious. Nobody's curious, I know. I'm just playing. I'm have... playing. I'm playing. Because you know what? There's probably a lot of people out there. I just whacked that mic. But I bet you there's a lot of people out there who, like, listen or watch anime. Yeah. You know? It's an, it's an obsession, man. Like, the not all anime. I, I'm not a weeb. I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm really not. You know who is, though? Your brother? <laughs> Who's a weeb? Your brother? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know he is. Both of them. With all those figurines. That's fine. I like that stuff, too. I, bu- I, I cool. bought him. You gotta, he's got a Spike Spiegel figurine of Funko Pop. That's dope to me. Uh, I well, like Cowboy Bebop. I bought my other brother a waifu. Oh, yeah. That's right. You did buy him a we waifu. Went to, we went to Game Exchange. He goes, will you buy me my waifu? And I was like, she ain't got no clothes on. <laughs> And he's like... Put her in a saddlebag on the way out. He put her in his saddlebags! <laughs> he did! It reminds me of that scene, and this is going to make a bit from The Lighthouse. I don't know if you know. So, like, I love The Lighthouse. Oh, my God. It's, like, such a good movie. And it really, like, shows you toxic masculinity at its absolute peak performance, all right? That's why I like it. Yeah, you hit the mic. I didn't mean to. It's okay. Um... I don't like toxic masculinity. I think that, like, people should be a little bit more fluid. I think that people should understand that, like, being masculine doesn't need to be shitty. Being masculine doesn't mean to be shitty to somebody. But the lighthouse is toxic masculinity. But there's a scene where he finds this little uh, mermaid carving and fucking Robert Pattinson ferociously masturbates to that throughout the movie. 
And I will say this, like, that was a movie that we had watched whenever we, like, were still, like, go, like, go into each other's houses, like, on the weekends and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, we were still, like, very fresh. You're like, let's watch The Lighthouse. And I'm like. It's an art film. What's The Lighthouse? (laughs) And you're like, oh, it's It's got Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. And I was like, oh, my God. I love Willem Dafoe. And it shot an authentic black and white at an old school film ratio. I love black and white movies. I like retro looking films. I love stuff like that. (laughs) And I do. But I'll tell you this. I watched that movie. And you like that movie. That's a good movie to you. To me, yeah. And let me tell you, that movie traumatized me. Sorry. And I will never, I will never watch that movie again. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have it on TV. I have it on Blu-ray and on digital. I know. Just in case. Because, like, <laughs> again, I love Robert Pattinson. I love Willem Dafoe. And they're the only two actors in the goddamn movie. And they are. <laughs> but, like, else in that I just could not. That's so good. I, I know could. that you don't like it. I, I never will force you to watch it. It's just like you're never going to force me to watch the new Monsters movie again. Oh. I watched it one time, and I hated it. <laughs> he said, "He <laughs> said, have you heard the cemetery's burial cause? Oh my it's God. due to the cost of living. Sweet! <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. I can't do an hour and a half of that. Because it is. It's an hour and a half of that. It's like, the, I want to say something. This is like, when you watch a Rob Zombie film, you don't watch them for the story. Rob Zombie does not know how to write a story. I don't care what you think. Rob Zombie knows how to make a movie that's aesthetically pleasing. But when it comes to, like, any other aspect of the movie, Rob Zombie is not a good filmmaker. And I might get shot down by the horror community for that. But he is not, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> he makes some decent films. Some of my favorites are Rob Zombie. House of a Thousand Corpses is a great movie. Tell me what the plot of that movie is. He said, he said, Judy's only skin deep. Oh, Go, it follows you all the way down to the bone. Downtown. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> T- terrible. I anyway. love it. I love it so you much. Can, and just like The Lighthouse. You can love that movie. That's fine. It, it, that's totally it. fine. But like, I just, that is like such a good movie to me. It is such a comfort movie to me. I get it. I get it. And. Because you don't have to think about it. Because I don't. And. There's no deeper meaning to suss out like in the I love, I love the monsters. I, I love the classic TV show. The TV shows. I love. It's pretty good. You know, I loved the movies that they did, mm-hmm. and I I loved Rob Zombie's, like, aesthetic of the monsters. Like, I loved the colors. I loved how everything <coughs> just, like, was such a poppy, like, yeah. look, and the costumes were on point. Yeah, yeah. And Aesthetically pleasing movie. But I also have, like, different, like, things that I like about it as well. Like, sure, the aesthetics were great, but I just love, like... The little things that that they say with each other, like I just love his like his commentary on things. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I can't even think of anything else that he says. But it is a movie that was made. It was a movie that was made, 
And it's the best one. I don't know about that. But if you like it, that's all I care about. Somebody better find me a shirt that has Herman Munster's face on it. And it says, I love Hermie. Because somebody find me a shirt like that. <laughs> I'll wear it next episode and I'll put a picture on our Instagram. I can't remember which buttons are which. Which one? What are you trying to... Not your two sound bites, my sound bite. Stumped him. That's it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we hit an that, hour and a half. That is the end of our episode three. I don't know how to rhyme because I'm too hot to rhyme. <laughs> That's like exactly <laughs> how I feel. Yeah. It's too hot to form a thought. I know. Like my head's starting to hurt. Yeah, and you know, I was did all those notes about Jason Aldean right before the show, and what I was going to do is write down our socials, but I think I have them memorized. So here we go, right? If you want to follow us on Instagram, follow us on our Instagram at doom.scrolling.pod. Yes. Or you can email us That's at cool. doomscrolling101 at yeah. gmail.com. Yes. We do have a TikTok. There's nothing really up there, so I'm not going to plug that. But I will say, if you have Apple Podcasts, we are now available on Apple Podcasts, not just Spotify. I'm trying to get us on every podcast platform, but I'm having to jump through some major freaking hoops because I'm not professional. I'm going to to, um, plug this um, series that I'm going to start next week. Yeah. On TikTok. On my TikTok. I didn't mean to scratch the table. It's okay. I, I'm getting fidgety. I know. Been fidgety. But right. um, I am going to start a new TikTok series on my TikTok where, as many of you know, that I'm like a kids fan. Mm-hmm. And I am going to review all of the Kiss albums from start to finish. Um, so keep an eye out for my my TikTok series next week. If you don't have my TikTok, I'm going to shamelessly plug my TikTok. As you should. This is our show. It is at chocolate underscore cheese. And yes, that is a Wayne reference. Probably nobody knew that until just now, but that's fine that they know it now. It's not a Kiss reference. It is a Wayne reference. So, yeah. That's the end. That's the end. That's a wrap. We need one of those marker. Yeah, that's the dog clicker for you. It's called a slate. I am too. We're about to turn the air conditioner on. I'm about to go to the store. I'm sweating. So, thank you for listening to another episode of Doom Scrolling. We've been your host, Ilwa and Mao. And I hope you have a great rest of your day or night. Day, night, evening, good morning. Commute to work. Good afternoon. Listen us to listen us to us while while you're procrastinating at work. And good night. All right. See you in the next one. Stumped. Him. What other doom scrolling things can we get ourselves into?